What up, Snapback fam? Welcome back to another episode of the Snapback Sports Pod. On this episode, we discuss the NFL season, potentially in doubt. Sports are back. We watched a little MLB last night. A new segment, officially Would You Rather, is Into the Cards. What the hell, internet graphic. is a fun little combo of creating the super powerful basketball player Monday Mailbag with some fun questions about the NBA bubble. And then we have an interview at the end from our friend Dan Solomon. He is a stylist slash clothes buyer slash relationship connoisseur in the NBA over 100 clients really fun interview if you're new to the pod some quick housekeeping for the boys uh, make sure you hit subscribe and girls <laughs> and girls I forgot about our female audience make sure you hit subscribe if you're on the Apple podcast app make sure you hit follow if you are on Spotify we do new episodes every Monday and Thursday I'm Jack and you just heard from Abe we are your sports group chat we talk all things sports internet culture etc etc and here is our update on our weekly listenership. We have had a nice tick up, a little tick up from last week, 3,041 listeners. Last week was 3,028, so we're up. And our goal is 5,000. So make sure you tell a friend, your family, or your mom's grandmother's mom, and enjoy the pod. Snapback fam, new app. Let's get the Baltimore it. Baltimore Ravens select Lamar Jackson. I'm a Raven. It's on. All year, every year. Jackson, Jackson himself. Oh! He broke his ankles. I'm your host, Jack Settleman. Joining me today, and as always, my co-host and longtime best friend, Abe Granoff. Abe, what is on your mind today? A lot of good things, and I think you believe in some of them, because I had a few good ideas this weekend. Let's just start by saying, if you download this podcast, that is you're officially signing an NDA. So if you take what I'm about to say and make money off of it, Jack and I will sue the shit out of you. So don't do that. Two ideas. So the MLB is selling cutouts, right, for fans so they can put it in the stadiums. Why don't they attach a basket to every cutout? So if a foul ball, a home run lands in your basket, they have to mail you the ball. I think it's I genius. Like it. Yeah, I was in agreement. Most parks are doing if it hits your guy, but that's a little harder to track. So I like the basket idea. Probably a little cost on their side. Give them the second idea, though. This is the real money so maker. Wait, wait, wait. What is their, what is their cost? No. Wait, what's the cost? They got to buy the basket. They got to buy the basket. Oh, please. Um, idea number two. So last night, Jack and I, Jack and I were to, Jesus, that's, sorry guys, I lost my voice this weekend. Jack and I were together this weekend. We put in a big order for dinner and someone texted me the order because I had to go to the restaurant and put it in. And I thought, why can't you just text restaurants your order. Like if you want to do delivery pickup, you can have a customer service rep on the other side going back and forth. Like, do you want to add bacon? Stuff like that. Seems like a no brainer to me. Why do I have to pick on the phone, pick up the phone, be on hold and do all that when I can just text them my order? I think it's genius. I I think it's a really good idea. It is a really good idea. I'm all for it. We were together when you came up with it. So I'm all in for it. I I just don't know the arguments against it. I, I don't think there is one. Besides hiring one person who needs to have iMessage downloaded to a computer, it sounds all good to me. 
Abe, you know what's on my mind? Dude, you keep you keep doing this, but never have I ever really asked you. You ask me every episode, and that, that's why I answer. I wouldn't go out of my way to tell you what's on my mind, but I have a feeling you're going to tell me anyway. I am, and what's on my mind is that $1.8 million LeBron James card was just sold for. The sports card wave is here, and it is here to stay, and you saw what he commented. Yeah, so like LeBron's in the sport. He has one of the twenty-three cards. He said he has multiple of them. So real my quick, question real is, quick. my my question is, hold on. My question is, so they made twenty-three of these cards. That's correct. Do you think they went to LeBron before they were put out in in the packs or out for sale or anything, and were like, here's a couple of them. So and then they really only distributed twenty to the public or something. So the card market is not regulated like it probably should be now that it's, you know, selling for almost $2 million. But there was a huge (laughs) dilemma because a month ago, Giannis posted his collection. So all the players sign their stuff and they get sent their cards and then they send them back to Panini or Tops or whatever. So I think they're allowed to take the cards instead of payment based on what the perceived value is. So like, LeBron back in the day, maybe that card cost him a hundred bucks. So instead of getting paid an extra hundred, he held that card. Now, not every single one of those 23 is going to be worth 1.8 million because this card specifically was graded to 9.5, which is almost obviously a perfect 10. So the ones he held might not. Well, be- what is the, what is the, um, this seems like a Madden rating type deal to me. Like, it's Are there PSA the, 10 cards? the condition of the card. It's based on the condition. So there's four factors, centering, edges, corners. It's like, did you keep the card in good condition, essentially? And this guy clearly did. But there's no reason why LeBron's cards might have been sitting in a safe and he could have 9.5s or 10. So I don't know the answer to your question of whether there's, let's say, 28 cards out there and he has five of them or if they pulled him three aside. So regardless, LeBron's sitting on some nice, pretty, pretty cards. Yeah, I mean, why does he want the card? I don't get it. Because of the potential value of it. Like players what, what want- the, come on. What is what is that? What is value to LeBron? Two million dollars per card and he has five of them, so now he's ten more million dollars. Instead of when he was signing the cards, maybe they cost I don't you know what? I actually I have you obviously I obviously love LeBron. I have a problem with this because like you said, it's not regulated. But don't advertise to the public that there's only 23 of them. Like, because realistically, the cards are made for the public. They're not made for LeBron. When LeBron is really hoarding five of them, so put on the card that there's one of 18. Well, that's what we don't know. Maybe there are 28 of them, and LeBron holds five unnumbered ones. So, I don't know. But it is crazy. I, I don't understand how it's not regulated when there are cards selling for almost $2 million. Yeah. I mean, I guess there are 23. I'm not sure. I'll find that out for you. On to today's lead topic. We're talking the NFL. So noon today, we're recording this on Sunday, obviously, for a Monday pod. Noon today, there was an onslaught of tweets. Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Michael Tom, literally every, every big everyone, every, every, Everyone. Every big name and <clears throat> small name alike tweeted out about what was the campaign we want to play. Yeah. And it appears to me that the NFLPA's lawyers must have told them, hey, you got to give us till noon, but at noon, we're free to speak out however we want. So it sounds like tomorrow, rookies report to some camps, some teams across the country, and there's still zero protocol for those teams, which is absolutely insane to me. And it's absolutely insane to the players. And all the players are saying is, 
we want to play. But the fact that Russell Wilson has a pregnant wife and Patrick Mahomes has a girlfriend and, you know, there's so there's all these factors, family, friends who are compromised. How are you not going to have protocol? They've had months to figure this it, dude, out. Dude, it makes no sense. The The NFL is one of the – it's the only league that was fortunate enough where corona happened during, like, the early in their off season, Like, right. Super Bowl was in February. We were locked down in the middle of March. They had all the time in the world – to hash out a plan, whether or not they thought that they would have to, given the amount of time. But the procrastination on the NFL's part is almost impressive, and it reminds me of myself in a way when I when I took tests in college. <laughs> sometimes that worked out for me, sometimes that didn't. But I was dealing with multiple choice questions. I wasn't dealing with um, the livelihood of, of their players and, and families. It, it makes no sense to me. My biggest thing is the players wanted to do this hashtag we want to play. And obviously you and I as fans, we want them to play as well. But we can't say we want to play. But how do we how do we unite with the players? Luckily, I already thought of that. I think the snapback fam needs to start a hashtag. Hashtag we want to bet. <laughs> we do just want so to bet. Just so we can have some type of unity because we can't speak out on behalf of the players. But we we want football to happen, and we definitely want to bet. So I think that's the best way to go about it. I'm open to suggestions on how to unite the players and the fans. But, I mean, does this shock you? No. Like, the NFL is not concerned me. about their – the NFL is not concerned about player safety. Breaking news. But the sun came like, up today. How do they not have any plans in place? When And the outrage, to be clear, because I don't know if we mentioned this at the top, is that – the players get fined if they don't show up, which is insanity. They Unbelievable. don't know the protocols. They don't know how they're not going to get sick. And then if they don't show up because they want to be cautious, they're going to get fined money. It's absolutely Not even crazy. they don't know the protocols. I don't even think they have the testing. They're straight up winging it. It's wild. It is wild. Now it seemed like the one thing that could prevent the season from getting done was the NFL owners or league asking for the players to take pay cuts, which there was obviously pushback about. And then you throw this on top. There's enough time, but now are we going to miss weeks of training camp? Are the players going to be pissed at the owners? This is a, a wrench in the plans that I was just not happy for. So I was talking to one of my friends about it, and he's like, do you think they'll push back the season? I I don't. I still think they'll start on time and figure something out. I just think to, to compensate, they'll push back training camp and then cut out the preseason. You think they'll cut the whole preseason? Yeah. Oh, that would be really tough, honestly. Like we are talking about would it be? Would it be? Yeah, because not for the not for the main guys, obviously, but the right for guys that want a spot. They get, yeah, they get absolutely screwed through that. Uh, they don't really get to. And for rookies, it's nice to see the NFL game speed and hitting power. There's no yeah, doubt. for sure. There's no doubt. Um, but maybe that, you organize. Maybe you organize inner squad practices between. Local, like the, well, the Jets the and Giants they play. They already said they don't want to do any intra-squad because it's not contained to one team, which makes sense. But now it's like, how do we even do this? Did so. you see the um, Did you see the, the helmets they want to put on the players? Yeah. I mean, the players were freaking out about them. They yeah, that's what that I don't bad. get. Why? Why are they freaking out about it? Is it from a look standpoint? I don't Is know. Is it from a they can't breathe in it standpoint? Like, I don't know. It seems like if, if you want to play... There's gonna have to be some compromise. I agree. We saw that with we saw that with NBA. We saw that with MLB. 
you have to meet in the middle when you're stuck in this situation. It's just, will that result in the form of a pay cut? Will that result in the form of of these helmets and everything? I don't know. But to, like people are saying, why doesn't football do what the NBA was doing and, and build a bubble? There's too much people involved on a football team. There's 53 men on the roster. There's all the coaching staff. There's all the people in the box, play callers. There's equipment managers. You're looking at, on any given Sunday, a team probably needs around 100 people, which is unrealistic. Could you cut that back? Maybe, but I don't think a bubble is feasible. If they're going to play, they're going to have to travel. Listen, there's so much money involved in the NFL that I think that will be the thing the thing that pushes them to play. Maybe they start late. Will they finish? I don't know. But I think the NFL is looking a lot lot better than college is right now right. in terms of playing. Which is why this is so surprising. <clears throat> because we knew that there would be a fuss about the pay cuts. And they would, like you said, they would have to come to an agreement, probably settle somewhere in the middle. Owners want 40%. Players want, obviously, no pay cut. They meet at 20%. Right. But not having a protocol in place is mind-boggling. Like, hello, Goodell, pick up the phone, talk to Adam Silver, talk to Manfred, and figure out, like how these other leagues are operating. So we will see. I just thought it's like, it's like Adam said, it's like, it's not Adam Silver. It's like Goodell looked at his calendar today. It was like, oh shit, that's tomorrow. (laughs) Right. My bad. All right. Enough with the negative in sports and more with the positive sports are officially back. I guess like, I don't know. When you download this episode Monday morning, there will be sports that week. But that's the fun You are thing. in like, a week where there will soccer, be sports. There's been other sports. I said, I said sports. But I don't even, you know, think baseball is really... I'm waiting for basketball. Regardless, MLB is on Thursday. Yesterday, there was a bunch of exhibition games. Mets, Yankees, Phillies, uh, Nats. And it's nice to see sports. I really... There was one thing that pissed me off. And I just can't put my wrap my head around it. Clint Frazier said he's going to wear a mask to play in the in the games. And he was like, here's my reasoning. He's not, he's not alone either. Right. And there's some other guys. But he said, my reason is, you know, we want to win a World Series. And the best way to do that is stay healthy. And the headline on ESPN is, Clint Frazier responds to criticism about him wearing a mask. I'm sorry. But, like, how are you criticizing a guy for wearing a mask? Shouldn't you want... Everyone to wear a mask in the grand scheme of things? Dude, the masks, the idea of masks, forget sports, has become such a political topic. And it doesn't, it's not even about covering your face anymore. It's about like giving in to your opposite political party. It's absurd. Which is just, which is just ridiculous at this point. But yeah, a guy like Didi Gregorius for the Phillies, he's wearing one because he is higher risk. Makes sense. If they're putting the product on the field, Shut your fucking mouth. Who cares? Abe's <laughs> fired up about that one. The Blue Jays also found out crazy news because Toronto said they cannot play in their home stadium. So the Blue Jays, this was a nice, another wrench in the plans. They are going to have to go and play in Buffalo, which I wish Buffalo had baseball full-time where they could tailgate and stuff. That stuff would be hilarious. But they're now out of Canada, which I think Blue Jays. Will help. I think being maybe you should hop on maybe you should hop on uh Blue Jays Mafia the the Buffalo Blue Jays Mafia I think they're yeah. gonna you're gonna obviously have lifelong Blue Jays fans in from Buffalo after this which is cool no you won't no you won't I disagree I think you will I think if the Blue Jays were like the Blue Jays are a very young and upcoming team 
they were a title contender and they're going to Buffalo for a year, think about it, Jack. There's not like fans are going to be able to go to games in Buffalo. Yeah. What? Because they're on the because they're on the local TV network. That's fair. Like, well, that is I mean, part of it. That definitely is part of it. But you make a very good point that I didn't really think about. I still think the Buffalonians will probably like figure out a way to break some tables outside of the Blue Jays Stadium. You, uh, you know what they should do? Vlad Guerrero Jr. should jump through a table. I mean, they have exciting young players. Him and Bichetti mm-hmm. uh, are fun. Bichetti. I know. I like calling him Bichetti, though. All right. This is Abe's new segment to the pod, fam. It is called Would You Rather. To submit a Would You Rather, because this is a full-blown audience submission type of thing, Snapback fam, text us, 917-905-9069. You can listen back to that, get that number down. Text us the word podcast in all caps. We'll add you to our group chat and where we get questions from Monday's Mailbag and now from Would You Rather. This Would You Rather is from Joey Funder, F-E-U-D-N-E-R, Foodner. I'm going to go with Foodner. I'm going to go with Foodner. Um, I'm going to go with... I think it's Food. Yeah, Foodner. Foodner. All right, would you Foodner? rather... Foodner? Foodner, Foodner. Could be. Joey, let us know. Would you rather play any pro sport and make... Let's just use basketball for this conversation. Would you rather play in the NBA and make $300 million in your career and never win a championship or... Play any professional sport, or sorry, play in the NBA, make $30 million in your whole career while winning multiple championships. Real quick, before you respond, Abe, if you're sending in the Would You Rathers, they can either be sports or non-sports. We talk soft shell, hard shell tacos. We've talked, I mean, even more bizarre. You guys have played this game with your friends. Abe, would you rather be rich or have some rings? Well, let's not, let's not talk about $30 million like it's some chump change. You gotta pay taxes. So would I rather be Mike Trout? Or would I rather be Fred Van Fleet? The answer is Mike Trout. <laughs> because one, it's 2020. Winning is overrated. Come on. All we care about now is getting on social media, making headlines. TikToks, you know? yeah. Exactly. Winning winning has gone out the door. Um, but, I mean, it's $300 million. It's a lot of cash. We had this conversation today on the beach, actually, you and I. Yeah. We were like, because Trevor Lawrence just got engaged, and and you were like, she's set for life. And I was like, not really yet. And he's like, no, she is. And I'm like, oh, you're kind of right, because no matter what, the first pick in the draft is going to sign a guaranteed $30 million contract in the NFL. You don't have to get to a second contract to be set for life. You just got handed $30 million. You're chilling. You're chilling. I'm gonna. If you cannot survive on thirty million dollars, you're a bougie bitch. So for everyone listening, you're probably thinking the same counter arguments that our family was, and they said you won multiple championships. Number one, how are you only making thirty mil? Number two, you're gonna get a ton of endorsements. So to be, I think even Fred Van Vliet's a little high. I'm talking like you're tenth man, and you're a journeyman through the league. You happen to step foot on a couple title teams. And you amassed thirty million over ten years, three million a year. Really, really role player sponsorships won't be there. You got to think of it like that. In that situation, I'm also taking the three hundred mil. That's generational wealth. That's the wealth we're talking about here. There's no doubt you can take a thirty million dollar contract and turn that into more money. But three hundred mil, my kids, kids, kids are good, and so is my mom's grandma's mom, who is now subscribed to the pot. So I'm well, not I'm, even to mention, not even to mention. 
you're three, if you if you can make three hundred million dollars in a sport, like a team is willing to give you that, chances are you're pretty fucking good. You're lit. And that means you're you still going to get endorsements, without a doubt. All right. You're going to get probably more endorsements than a thirty million. Think about it. You're essentially saying, would you want to be Mike Trout or Sam Bradford? Because Sam Bradford just kept getting paid his entire career. Yeah. Well, I feel and like Mike Bradford's Trout has played in one close to three hundred mil in career. Earnings. He's over. He's over a hundred. He's like at one hundred and twenty something. I know. He's a thief. All right. Absurd. Let's do some what the hell internet graphic. This one was presented uh, to us on Instagram. It's one of those pill ones. You can only pick two pills to add to. What are we adding this to? To ourselves? To our? To like a standard NBA guy? What do you think? think you're just combining what do you think would be the best duo okay the best duo based off these pills Kyrie's handles taco falls height dame lillard's clutch gene kuzma's wardrobe <laughs> zion's dunking ability Kawhi's defense harden step back lebron's basketball iq and steph's jumper let's just throw kuzma's wardrobe down the <laughs> toilet Kuzma. i'm not trying to dress like a cross dresser okay right. um i'm also we gotta always do process of elimination dame's clutch gene. dame hit two clutch shot in his career okay. let's, so let's slower gone. roll i'm gonna go Kyrie's handles they're the best in the league probably but not by like some insane amount there's other great ball handlers and quite i think it's a i think it's he's a consensus not, he's not an elite 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 defender he's obviously a top five guy so that leaves Taco's height, LeBron's IQ, Harden step back, Zion's dunking, and Steph's jumper. What are you rolling? If this is a absolutely no brainer. It's LeBron's IQ with Steph's jumper. I disagree. I I, I, I know you do. Um, like I don't think there's any. I think you're totally in my, the minority with your answer. But you're taking the smartest basketball player ever and the best shooter ever. Come on. So Steph's jumper definitely probably the best trade on here lebron's iq it's high but and and you know what no I'll, no no, no right, Jack. i'll give you the, He's best the ever. smartest the player best. ever sure sure i'll give you that but how much smarter is he than everyone else on the floor like how much smarter is he than stephen curry when it comes to basketball Jack, there was a clip that there was a clip that went viral a few years ago that he remembered a Le- few plays yeah him and sean mcveigh hang out a lot like no he he told one of his opponents on the Wizards where he needs to stand on that inbounds play because he was in the wrong spot. Just because his social media clip went viral, and like I said, I'll give you LeBron as the greatest IQ ever just for the sake of this. I don't think there's not other NBA players out there who weren't really, really, really smart. We've just always heard about LeBron's IQ. We've never really heard about anyone else's because they don't get the support like you know LeBron fans deliver for LeBron. So... I, or LeBron haters try and pin against him. I have already said he's the top IQ. The question is how much better. Like Steph's jumper to me. That much better. Far, yeah, that he's much far better. and away better than the second. No, no, LeBron's IQ is the same gap. I, I don't know about that. All right, I'm going Taco Falls height with Zion's dunking ability. If Taco could jump like Zion, I don't think you could stop him. You would have to, you would have to technically, like, he if he got in the paint, it, you couldn't stop him. And I'm not even talking about with the ball. I'm talking about if you didn't put a body on him before he entered the paint. And even at that point, if with Zion's dunking and jumping ability, he could jump from outside the paint, catch the ball. At, imagine, like, the range on his catching. I would honestly prefer this guy as an NFL receiver <laughs> over even a basketball player. But he would be Yeah, my counter to that, 
my counter to that is I don't I think that would be a detriment. Like cuz Taco's already at the rim. If he's jumping, he's going to be above the backboard. But tacos, you know what I mean? But Taco's at the rim and he his jumping isn't that explosive. Like he jumps a couple feet. But if his explosiveness matches Zion's at his height, no one could stop him. He would throw the ball down through the hoop and he would be unblockable. I mean, I see what you're saying. Let's go back to talking shit on the other ones. James Harden <laughs> step back. You still have to make the shot. He, and he's traveling. Okay, right. Well, Abe, that's actually a crazy one. That It's a great thing that I just realized. If you combine Harden step back with Steph's jumper, that would kind of be dangerous. But at the same time, I think Steph gets open just as easily as Harden does. Like gets to his shot. He does, but he's really good at contesting. Because like you posted today, the way he moves off the ball. Yeah, he does. But even but that's my point. Even in that clip, like Dame was still there. He's just you know the best shooter ever. Kyrie's handles. I don't really, like. That's not a superpower. Kyle Kuzma's. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how. Listen, that I would love I would love to dribble out twenty three seconds of the shot <laughs> clock, but no thanks. Right. Exactly. Kawhi's defense. I'm not going to argue it, but like. He's not going to win Defensive Player of the Year this year, right? So that's not that's not even worth my time. And then Lillard's clutch gene—I don't know who gave him that. So check out this graphic on Snapback Pod on Instagram. Let us know what you think because Abe really thinks that consensus will be LeBron's IQ with Steph's jumper. I think there's more choices to go. I wanted to build the super tall, super dunking basketball player. So let us know what you guys think. All right. What is next? Next is Monday's mailbag. Um, all right, let's hit a quick uh, – no, we'll hit a quick big after Monday mailbag before the interview with Dan Solomon. Check that out. Monday mailbag, only a couple questions, and then we'll get out of here. Clay Richards, who Abe says I've picked Clay before. I'm not sure, but he asked a really good question. His question is, going off of what the reporter said, who's the super team that's going to evolve from the bubble? So there was a report that an NBA coach actually said this, that they there's without a doubt going to be a super team that's built from the bubble just based off new friendships plus being able to finally be together over the summer, kind of planning for the next free agencies. And you don't believe that's a thing? No, no, I changed my mind, dude. It's obvious, isn't it? It's Dame. It's AD saying, <laughs> let's go run the pick and roll in Madison Square Garden, right? Ooh. Ooh, what about D-Book? <laughs> We've been rumored to D-Book. Oh, I forgot he's there. Yeah, D-Book can come too. Facts. And then you Did saw I take the words Robinson. right out of your mouth? No, I was going to go with... Um, I don't know if Giannis can be swung like that. I think he's locked in. I think if anything, if they can convince AD to stay, which shouldn't take a ton of convincing, I think it could be the Lakers getting... Yeah, Bradley Beal. Right? Bradley Beal. Beal. Well, he's not there because of the shoulder. I don't think he traveled. Even, oh, right. you know, Beal, Booker, Dame potentially. Like, I can't necessarily pick which super team will evolve from it, but I would bet that the Blazers are the cl- closest to breaking up. Like, their peak was the Western Conference Finals last year. They couldn't even get a game off the Warriors without KD. And, like, CJ and Dame is not enough to win a title. Now, could they convince someone to come to Portland? I guess that's no. the biggest question. No. Because it's in Oregon. Right. No offense if you live in Oregon. It's just like you're all the way out there. And that's where the murder hornets were supposed to be. So <laughs> no thanks. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, it seems like Portland kind of hit their peak. 
Dame is all about like I'd rather not win than be a sellout. Right, he's the three hundred mil and never win a shit. How long? How long is that? How long is that shtick gonna hold up for? I think. Like I don't think, I don't think Damian Lillard has played on his final team. I agree. In his prime. I don't think he. Not to mention, not to mention, other than CP3, historically point guards don't age that well. Mm -hmm. Dame just turned thirty years old. Right. He's not. He's not in the in the middle of his career. He's in the last twenty five percent of it. I would say, uh, at least at his peak, is what you're saying. Like he could still be a CB three type where he's an effective point guard at thirty four, right. thirty five. But like, you're not gonna want him. He's signing one more deal max, and the he's gonna he deal won't be pretty. I actually have a question that I saw on Twitter about Dame. Who do you think deserves All NBA point guard more, Dame or Luca? Um. I think Luca. I told you. I really think. I know that Portland's been going through injuries, and then Porzingis is obviously the second best player, which is better than CJ most likely. Most people would say, but I don't know. Would they yeah, say that? I, I don't even know that. But I don't think Dallas's supporting cast is. That Can we get our boys at um the charity stripe to post a poll? I'm down for that. I am definitely Dame, down for that. Dame CJ versus. What do you think? If you were to CJ pick one, versus Porzingis. Uh, I really think I would go Porzingis. He's a, he's a much but, better defensive player, which is big. He blocks a lot of shots. He's kind of the stretch for you can run pick and roll with him and Luca. Like that's kind of the dynamic in Portland is CJ and Dane. He's also twenty four. Who is Porzingis. Porzingis? Yeah, I was just saying for this season, like who's better? And another reason is Dame and CJ. They can both have great games, but they're not going to be like playing well together. Like, Luka and right. Porzingis can perfectly play off each other, but, you know, one assists the other. It's not like Dame drives fine CJ for a three. That's not really how their offense works. That's so. crazy. You picked Porzingis. I didn't know he came on our pod. <laughs> That's fast. The disrespect to the fam. That is disrespect to the fam. All right, last question is from Ty Harmson. This is a new person, Abe, so don't get mad at me. What's up, Ty? What up, Ty? What would be the best rookie starting lineup? So, not what you suggested all first team rookie if we are building the best rookie starting lineup who would be in it and why i'm going let's name ja. the locks okay john ja zion are the only locks i would agree john ja zion are the only locks my other three the best vlogger to ever touch an nba court <laughs> matisse Thybul. Mm-hmm. 3 and D. If he can develop a consistent offensive game, I think he's going to have a very successful NBA career. No doubt. Um, Matisse, I'm going Kendrick Nunn from Miami. Ooh, interesting. A lot of people forgot about him because he came out of nowhere, uh-huh. but he was very important to to what they did this year. And that's four. Yep. See, so you got to think you would want to go with a big, but it's 2020. I'm going to stick with the small ball. Get a little shooting. We can play Zion at the five and go with Tyler Hero. Wow. Wait, who's your four, man? Uh, Matisse. Interesting. Okay, wow. I, I, you know what? No, no, I'm not. I'm going Eric Pascal yeah, from the Warriors. Say, like, that's a weird pick to me. I, I like Hero. He's definitely a baller, but he's, you know, he's he's the people's champ. He's not, yeah. he's not necessarily the best guy out there. I agree. All right. My squad, I'm going to go with Ja at the one. 
Oh. All right, I'm gonna make a late. I'm gonna make a late change. I had RJ in there, but I need shooting because Jaws actually not a shooter. Zion's not a shooter. And Matisse is, but he's not. You know, automatic. So I'm gonna go. Kobe. So wait, let me let me before you keep going. Yeah. You made a comment about Matisse on your one minute breakdown. How he shot? He shot what thirty five percent from yeah. three. Uh-huh. If you watch, like I watch every single Sixers game, there was a span for like fifteen games where he was shooting like sixty percent from three, <laughs> and then there was a span where I don't think he hit a single shot for like the next twenty. <laughs> it was the streakiest shooting. Okay, I don't know. It's like I don't know how to take his thirty five percent shooting because I don't know what was the real Matisse. Was it him being scorching hot or was him being right. ice cold? That's what's so That crazy. was the tale of his 35%. season. It's not like a true 35 where over the course of 10 games, every 10 shots he makes about three and a half. It's like over 10 right. games he could It was so streaky. Or, yeah. So I'm not removing Matisse. I'm actually removing RJ out of the five. I think RJ is going to be a really good player, but he needs shooting around him or else he's stuck in the same situation as the Knicks and the rest of my team doesn't have it. So Jot the one. Kobe White at the two, so you have your shooter and your scorer. Let you off facilitate a little more. I am keeping Matisse in because I need him to kind of back up Kobe, who's not a great defender, and we're small. And I told you, I love the young wing defender more than anything. Four, I'm going Zion. And my five, this is actually a pretty simple pick for me. I'm going Brandon Clark, who's probably the most Don't, underrated. Yeah, I can't, I, can't, I can't argue that. Most underrated rookie out there. And that kind of does still give you that small ball five because he's not like a true seven-footer five and can play outside and stuff. Uh, But he's just really, really good. Honorable mentions, obviously, RJ. Um, Culver didn't have the great season. Hunter, Reddish, all kind of stuck there. P.J. Washington was really good, but he's the exact same player as Zion in terms of like undersized four. And you're not going to pick him over Zion. And then Hero. Hero kind of falls apart at the end there. All right. Pick a six man. Ooh, pick a six. Well, definitely I would go with RJ because RJ or Rui. And then if you let me pick Michael Porter Jr., you put him in that class, which is like the dumbest thing ever because he's – Yeah, no, I said said pick a a six man, not a seventh, eighth, and ninth. Okay. So six man, I'm going to go with RJ. I am going to go with from the Detroit Pistons, Seku Dumbuya. You like Seku? Did I pronounce that right? Yeah. I have no idea. You were close. You were close. You like Seku? Or you haven't watched him big play time, before, right? No, I know. I've watched him play a few times. I like. Okay. I like him playing. All right. Came out of nowhere. Um. Yeah, my team is just a major. Screw it. You know. I like it. I like it. Kind of just like all my takes. <laughs> Uh, the people will definitely be pissed we didn't pick Taco Fall, but I have his height combined with Zion's Duncan. We should so. probably pick good basketball players. Yeah, that's a good start for sure. Um, all right, fam. That, Damn, you passed on Rui. Your wallet, did I said he would be – I know. He would be my six or seven. He – I could have easily put him at the three, Matisse at the two, but like I said, there's no shooting on that team, and right. it's 2020. So – Really will work on a shot. He'll be good. Um, All right, fam. We are going to take a quick break, and then we will talk to our main man, Dan Solomon. Wait, before we go, I just realized how big of a week this is. Not only do we get inter-squad scrimmages that are televised for NBA this week, not only do we get MLB, but somebody's turning 24 this week. Oh, facts. It's my birthday. But there's another pod before then, so I don't need, True. I don't need the whole True. I'll sing on Wednesday. 
All right, so Abe will sing me happy birthday for the Kobe year on Wednesday. Um, but fam, we'll take that quick break, and we'll be back after that. All right, fam, let's get into that interview with Dan Solomon. Snapback fam, we have a cool, interesting, unique guest on today's show. His name is Dan Solomon, and I would normally introduce you with, like, a title or something, but that's actually the first question I have. What do you put on, like, a LinkedIn or when you're telling people what you do? I just say that I have my own company called Fly Solo Consulting. Um, that's, that's like, the like what everything's under. So I do a million different things. So that obviously that's why the question was asked that way. Mm-hmm. But so, I mean, I, I'll, it depends who I'm talking to, right? So it's like if they're asking certain things, but I style athletes and other people, some rappers, um, some influencers, some other guys. Um, and then I shop for them. So I keep my own stock in a vault of like all super limited stuff. Um, things that sell out on drop day, like let's, for example, Supreme sells out every Thursday. Um, Kit sells out every Monday. There's a new sneaker release every week, whatever. So I stock hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pieces just so I have them on deck for my guys whenever. Um, and then on top of that, I shop for them from any store retailer I need to get. Let's say it's Louis Vuitton, whatever. I have connections at all those brands and I'll, I'll get them whatever they need. Um, Going further beyond that, so styling, shopping, I consult for up-and-coming brands. Um, that's where, like, the name Fly Soul Consulting came from. Um, I started my own brand with one of my clients, Dwayne Bacon, called Bad Section. So that's one of the things we're doing right uh, now. Yeah. We're in the middle of, of uh, working on a full new collection. So we're going to drop a few things next month, and then we're going to have a full collection of everything. And maybe we'll do a giveaway of a hoodie or something with you guys. Like and the the snapback um fam um besides that i just did a marketing deal for dave east who's a big rapper out of new york so i'm trying mm-hmm. to do some more marketing deals like that um we just did custom pair of of uh glasses and they come in a few different colors there's only like a couple thousand pairs made total not that many left already so <laughs> that that was kind of crazy um i put that together just like on the spot um but yeah so i just do a million different things but if someone asks um i i just run my own business ceo of fly soul consulting so love that how did you because it's a very niche profession obviously you see all these players that are like on league fits and all of these instagrams with these crazy outfits that people like me and jack wouldn't be caught dead in on the street how did you get into this business and start your own company what made you want to do it? Oh, I mean, it really goes back to like the very, very beginning days of like me just being a sneakerhead from being a kid. My right. dad was very into sneakers. He like worked high up at like Foot Locker and Foot Action like throughout his before he you know had his final like career that he's doing now. So sneakers are in my blood. Like we were, you know, every year we were. My my dad was always taking us to the shoe store and stuff. So it started with that. I was obsessed. I had a crazy amount of sneakers. Right now, I have hundreds of pairs of sneakers mm-hmm. myself. Um, but at the time, like they weren't. My parents, when I was getting into like limited edition stuff, they wouldn't buy that stuff for me. Like I would get one pair of shoes, one basketball pair of shoes a year, whatever. So that's where like the drive came. Like I need to start making money um, and getting what I want. So I just started flipping sneakers. Um, and I started with a couple, whatever. And then I was at the time it was very different. Like today you go on a sneaker release, 
click a button, you're waiting in line, and maybe you get it, maybe you don't. It's like luck of the draw. Most of the mm-hmm. time, it fails, right? So, like, you're, you know, it's the classic Nike thing where, like, you didn't get the, yeah. the draw. Right. But back then, I used to get full-size runs. Like, I'd go on the website, I'd have every size, one, and I'd have it sold on eBay for three, four times the amount before it came to my door. So it was just, it was just a different world. And then obviously that progressed into fashion. So, you know, I had my sneakers looking good. I needed to have the outfits. So I started getting to that, learning that went to college in Indiana, fast forward, um, and studied apparel merchandising and minored in marketing. So I was doing everything, fashion, learning, manufacturing, every end of the business you could possibly think of. In the meantime, I was interning for publicly traded companies like Vince, um, you, you know, the clothing brand Vince, mm. um, Nautica. Um, I worked in shoe stores. I worked for Perfumania, which is a public company. They just sold. I don't know if they're still public. They might be private now, but they were public at the time and with 500 stores. So I started, I wanted to learn everything, right? So I started working in, a, in the store selling perfume and cologne to people, learning the, you know, the the customer feel were you one of those people in the mall that like when someone walks by you just like spray it on them no i was in it so i was in a store so me and my buddy did it together one summer and we worked out in in an outlet out in Mm -hmm. long island so we went there and in the outlets you get like a very diverse group of people so like you're having people coming from europe and asia and filling up their suitcases of perfume cheap to sell it for a lot there so like i was just learning so many different things there um, I worked in a shoe store called David Z. And if you ever heard of Kip, Ronnie Feig started there. And mm-hmm. his mentor is David, was David Z. David Z is one of my mentors as well. And I worked with him and just learned the business throughout that whole, like all these years, like we still talk today. Um, so that's the same thing. Ronnie started in the stock room and now he has Kip and is, is blowing up. But like he like learned everything from, from David. So I think the biggest thing was obviously, you know, finding mentors and, and networking, but to stay on track, I went to Indiana. Mm-hmm. I studied all that stuff, but I'm, I'm a huge sports guy. So I went to a little high school. So when I was going to college, I was like, okay, I want certain things like academically, but I need, I need a huge sports school. Um, because we didn't have a football team. Like we, mm-hmm. we were just small, even though we were really good at certain sports, we it was 150 kids in a grade. So I went to Indiana with 40 plus thousand kids, crazy sports, you know, obviously basketball culture is like life, like Mm -hmm. basketball is life in Indiana. So I immediately in the dorms, like became friends with a few basketball players randomly. Um, And I was selling stuff, whatever, but I wasn't even intertwining it at the time. I just was casual friends with them. Fast forward, I'm friends with the whole program. I'm in the freaking gym every day. Um, you know what I'm saying? So I meet the older guys. Um, and then I'm, I'm fast forward to graduation. I'm, I'm applying to, to jobs. So I was like, it's not what I want to do. I want to I work for myself. So I started with 10 pieces of clothing and zero NBA players. And if you walked into my office right now, I have thousands of pieces of clothes on deck. Mm-hmm. and I work with over 100 professional athletes just alone. Um, so it's just a testament of just staying with it. That's all. I mean, oh, I yeah. had uh, my, my – how I got started with the clothes too, like on, on another level, is like when I was graduating college, Supreme did a release with Louis Vuitton. Pr- a year prior to that, in Indianapolis, I went to Louis Vuitton store 
random store where they, you know, you don't get the same clientele as New York. Mm-hmm. And I created a relationship with this guy because the pictures leaked of Louis Vuitton. We didn't know when they were going to drop, whatever. I created a relationship with the guy. That was that. I was like, you know, call me if you find anything out. Um, a year later, I get a call. I'm out of college now. And he's like, yo, like, they just changed how they're going to release it. They're going to be doing it all private client. Keep in mind, like, VIP clients at Louis Vuitton spend 100000 plus. I'm just out of college. I've, I don't, that year, I probably spent zero money at Louis Vuitton. So right. there's mm-hmm. no VIP. There's no nothing. I never bought anything in Indianapolis. He put me on the list to be VIP. And this is the craziest release I've ever seen in my life. So obviously, most releases, you go online, you press a button, whatever. This you put in a request for what you want in the collection. You give them your credit card information. You give them your shipping information. And then randomly, if they get to you, you'll just wake up with a charge. So one day at like 7 a.m., I get a call from my mom. It's like, you buy something at Louis Vuitton? I'm like, no. no uh, <laughs> let, me, let me look. And I check my email. And, and just randomly, I got like 10, 15 pieces from Louis Vuitton. And then that ended up happening again like a week later. And that's where my capital started from the beginning. Like right. all randomly just getting hooked up through networking. Cause you never know where, where you're going to lead by knowing someone. How much so, was that sure. charge? Like I'm sure that released. My mom lot. woke up to a charge for like $20,000. Bro. <laughs> $20,000. I'm sure the I second. $20,000 to pay her back. Right. I had. So when that happened, she was like, uh, she's like, that's a lot of money, whatever. I was like, listen, mom, I promise you I'll make this work. I got and you. Not. I said, if not, Louis Vuitton takes returns. We're good. <laughs> I said, don't, there's no risk. I said, there's no risk. But in my head, I was like, I'm not letting, I'm never returning this. I know what the value is going to go out, whatever. So I just went to work, bro. And I flipped that shit. I had 30 days to pay the credit card bill, the first credit card bill. That was it to get me started. And I had that paid in a week. Mm-hmm. I gave my parents some money. I was like, thank you. And <laughs> And Off we go. They just the fact that they let me use that credit to right. get that got me going. But there yeah, I go. mean, now here we are, and uh, three years later, I'm working with a ton of different athletes. And honestly, my my two loves, like in life, besides like family and friends, is sports and fashion. Sports and fashion, and this is exactly that. That's I mean, amazing. we'll get to, we'll get to cards and memorabilia and stuff eventually because <laughs> I'm obsessed with that too. Yeah. But this is my life. This were fashion. you were you friends with Rojo at school? So, Rojo, Robert Johnson, Robert Johnson, Rojo, my closest friend. Him and James Blackman right. um, were probably my two closest guys there. Um, like Rob's family, he's stayed here. We've gone to you know rented houses in you know Hamptons and stuff. He stayed here, um, but yeah, Rob's family. He was in Europe this past year, but working back he's he's very talented talented hard my senior year uh we went down to virginia and played him in a tournament and we were terrible that year and this is the loudest arena i've ever been this is high school this is high school and we're and we know this kid's committed to indiana so he's on the scouting report and we're like up eight in the in the second half beginning the second half and he goes on a personal like 14-0 run, but like Reggie Miller speed, like backdoor alley-oop, stolen pass, windmill dunk, back three threes in a row, call timeout. We just stand there in the huddle. It was so loud. 
after the game, he 40 yeah. beat us, yeah. he beat us. And the coach is like, how are you going to let some dude score 40 on you? And we're oh, all bro, like, he's going to IU. Yeah, he's going to he's, Indiana. He, he was a monster. And, and monster. to be honest, you guys haven't even seen his full potential yet. Like he, he was hurt a little bit in college. He went through some stuff. Uh, you know, we had the coaching change too. Right. So it was, wasn't the easiest path for him in terms of outside circumstances, which is no excuse, but the kid doesn't make any excuses. He's right. the hardest working kid I know. So he went, he started in the G league. He went to Europe um, and he's just getting better and better. And he actually has a little brother, Malik, who just graduated from Canisius college and he set a ton of records in that in that math conference. That's um, he's undersized, but he's such a talented guard. He's like, like you know, he's a he's a righty Isaiah Thomas. Like he's he's so skilled. It's crazy. That's but both so, of them, I think that's not the last you've seen of Robert Johnson. All so so you went from being making friends with a bunch of the IU basketball program. Not many of them are now at the next level from that team. But you're now styling guys that we see all over the internet every day. How did you start with these NBA connections? Who was client one? NBA. Client one, who I wasn't styling, I was just selling close to, was OG Ananobi. Gotcha. So another okay. IU kid. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, in the, in the past, I mean, the presence right now of IU and the NBA is one of the biggest it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you have Thomas Bryant. You have OG. Depot. You got what'd you say? Old Depot. You got Old Depot. You got Eric Gordon. You got mm-hmm. Romeo Langford. You mm-hmm. Juwan Morgan on the Jazz. Um, Cody Zeller. Right. I mean, it's just there's a lot What's of guys. What's Cody Zeller's that, drip look like? What'd you say? What's Cody Zeller's drip? He's look got like? like like old like Indiana dad drip. You know? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> um, he's actually one of the nicest guys though. I sure. I had never met him before until I stayed after. I graduated for like a few, like a month or so because I was with the guys training who were trying mm-hmm. to go to the next level. And like, there was no reason for me to go anywhere. Um, so I, Cody walked into the gym one day and I had never met him before. The first Indiana game I ever saw was, was the year before I went to Indiana. It was Oladipo and Zeller's last year. Um, and they were playing Purdue, which is our rival. So it was fucking crazy, which is one of the reasons it sold me on going to school. Yeah. That game was nuts. Um, but he walked into the gym and I he towered over me. His hands are fucking massive. And he's like a soft little, like, like not little, like soft, like really nice, friendly dude. Like yeah. he's a, a great friendly guy, giant. So. Yeah. I mean, Indiana basketball is like Indiana basketball. I'm a huge sports guy all across, but Indiana basketball and Mets baseball. That's like my that's two biggest. Tough, tough two news biggest. for DeGrom. Leading after the first <laughs> inning the other day. So you went from OG was your first. So yeah. how did it how did it go from that to over a hundred now? So everything was networking, right? So it was mm-hmm. like I was just meeting people like throughout. So I also am really connected and built network with like build my network up with like the agent side and managers mm-hmm. and all of that. So through there I started getting their clients, stuff like that. Um so where it really popped off is Gary Harris is from Indiana originally. Okay. He actually was mm-hmm. going to go to Indiana at one point. He didn't go Gary. If you're watching this, still mad about that. <laughs> he is, um, he's a listener. So Gary is an unbelievable guy, but beyond that, like he was the first guy to really like put me on to another level, like of mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, not just sending me a number of a person, like I'm going to meet up with you. I'm going to introduce you to people. So the first time I met up with him 
Um, you know, I was already shipping stuff. We met up in New York once and they were like, okay, things worked out. He was coming, going to Philly. So I was like, okay, I'll drive to Philly. And so any of my clients come to play the Nets, the Knicks, Philadelphia, I'm, I'm all around. Mm -hmm. So he went to Philly. I met him at the hotel and I set up his room as a store, literally like brought it. I didn't have as much stuff as I do now, but I I probably brought most of the stuff I had (laughs) at that point and just filled everything, made a store. And I was like, okay, like you look through it first. And like, at this point, like I only knew one other person was coming, but what I didn't know is he sent it into the group chat of the team chat. So <laughs> next thing you know, I'm getting more and more guys. People are FaceTiming him that, that aren't in the hotel. Like, yo, like, let me see some stuff. They're putting aside, whatever. And he introduced me to a couple of guys that ended up not getting back to the hotel by the time I was leaving. So I packed up all my stuff. And after dealing with him, I was with him, Trey Lyles at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I had some stuff at the side for Malik Beasley, who was coming later mm-hmm. on. So I'm leaving and I get a call and it's Malik. And he's like, yo, where are you at? And I'm like, I just left. I'm literally, I just pulled out of the, uh, out of the spot. And like, I paid the guy to like leave my car in front, like whatever. Like I pull out, I'm like about to get on the highway. And he's like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm about to pull now. He's like, any chance you could turn around, bro? Like I'm with, I'm with my boy, Kenneth Fareed. And he wants some stuff. I was like, no problem. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. Whipped whipped around um, and brought everything back up. And Gary bought some stuff, but I had a ton of shit with me. So, and I had some like expensive pieces that I didn't even think they would go or whatever like some really rare stuff. Like at that Mm. point, even, even I brought a Louis Vuitton Supreme shirt, um, which goes for thousands of dollars. Um, Mm. so I brought all that stuff. I go back, I go up, Kenneth is in the room with Malik and Kenneth Kenneth basically bought me out and Malik (laughs) bought some more stuff. And that was the start of like me having five guys on one team. So like every time they came to New York, I had them. And then every guy, every client I had introduced me to another client if one person posted something another person was DMing me you know like Instagram is deceiving right like I thought Jack and I talked about this like a couple whenever it was a week ago when we spoke on the phone about some stuff I said to him I said you know my my main thing that I'm proudest of like I don't I don't brag I'm about anything I do everything I do is like you know these guys are my friends like it's Mm not there's no gimmick to it like I treat them professionally and as you know obviously like they wouldn't be around me if I was mm-hmm. you know not someone that was chill enough to be there or <laughs> you know had a had a relationship with them you know they don't want to random the person around them um but if you you know my main thing is if you treat them like a normal person they're a normal person because me they're no better than me so right. that was where where that was but um once I got all those guys it started it started spreading like crazy um, and I know I was just going down some story, but you were, you were going to no. say, I'll finish it for you. Cause I, I know what you're about to say you didn't have the social clout that most like you didn't have thousands or hundreds of thousand followers. Like Ronnie yeah. does like yeah. everyone knows Kith, And then they know Ronnie because he has, and he had granted, followers. he granted in the beginning, no one knew who he was. Right. I, you know, it had, it took some time. He also has his own brand and all that stuff. Like I'm, I'm focusing more on other people right now when right. I have all my brands. So that's a different story, but my, yeah that doesn't even matter. That's irrelevant to the story. The story is that the only thing I tell people when they ask me, how do you get to 
where you are is like stop looking at the fake stuff right? right it's like you're looking at people with buying fake followers you're looking at people who are editing pictures you're looking at people who are you know wearing other people's clothes or renting a piece of clothes for right. a photo shoot or you know faking all that shit and it's like i had a thousand fifteen hundred followers whatever and within that time period i built it up to over a hundred clients so there's no excuse to say oh like I need 40,000 fake followers to do this. It's like, just go out, meet the people you want to, you want to work with. At, or, you know, it's a train. It's like, you know who you want to work with. Okay. Take your steps, right. Start yeah. with the manager or meet someone that knows him and whatever, work your way. It's, I mean, everything is just networking. That's it. At the end of the day, the biggest key is you got to deliver. Like, like, yeah, that's, at the end of the right, day, you like have, you have, have a product that right, people product want and, and a service. And like, I'm providing a service that like makes their life easier right. and I'm bringing them the product that they need and want and making it very easy for them. So mm -hmm. um, exactly. That's the product and the service. If you're right. providing that on an amazing level, people are going to latch on and they're going to recommend you to other people. Right. So it's like the one thing I would say is just go, go, just go, start something like mm. you know what i'm saying like everyone want, a million people start a fucking brand a day yeah. but uh and i'm not what, knocking everyone but one of the more interesting things for me is you have over a hundred clients but it's not like you're sh shelling out I iphones for them when they're all the same thing like each client has different fits that they like and i love that like that like how do you do, like how do you keep track of okay cody zeller looks like an indiana dad <laughs> but Tyler hero is walking to the arena looking like something we've never seen before. Like you have and to, I want to add on to whatever you need. Disclosure, full disclosure. I don't style Cody Zeller. He doesn't yeah. have a style. Right. I don't think he gives well, maybe a shit he should, about what you described it. Just, whatever. And before you answer it, Salo, I want to just add on because I was curious. I know you buy a lot of stuff uh, just like because it's trendy and stuff. But when you have like a Gary Harris and a Kenneth Free, different sizing, I'm curious about that too. So answer Abe's question then. I want to know like how do you manage sizes? Okay, so like in the beginning, sizes was tough because my initial thought when I had a few clients was like, These let me just buy big. XLs, right? <laughs> yeah. Everyone's an XL, like you, which that's a big misconception. People think like I have a lot of larges, right? right. And people will, my friend will come in there in the office and be like, dude, who's wearing this? Like whatever. I'm like, dude. I, I've sold largest to seven footers. Right. Every brand shit, runs like... different. Every brand runs different. You have to know how things fit and learn yeah. the brands and, and know your clients, right? So majority of my stuff are large to double XL, right? Um, and, and I'll buy things based off what, what Abe was asking. is like you have different clients with different styles, right? And everyone I do different things for. So I don't style Tyler. I've sold him clothes and I, and I send him stuff, you know what I'm saying? So I don't send anything free, but if I have a brand that on my end, I'm helping grow, I'll get product placed into those clients that I work with just because a, I want to help that person or I'm getting paid and B it's just free clothes. Whether they like, if they like it, they like it. If not, they could throw it out. They could give it to a friend, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just, it makes sense all the way around. But yeah. So back to what Abe was saying is I'll buy stuff, you know, certain clients is like, I'll be in a store where things are coming out. I know that's going to that client. You know what I'm saying? Like I know their style. I know what they want. I know what they're looking for. I'll give you a good example. John Collins. He wears 
for the most part, the last couple of years, he was wearing mostly Adidas. Okay, he has a big Adidas deal. Okay, but he's gotten into more of the streetwear designer stuff. But in general, the guy wears 99% all black. <laughs> really? Okay, so if he doesn't wear it really, unless it's something crazy sick and I have it in front of him, like I'll bring some special pieces to change things up so he's not always in black, or, you know, maybe a navy blue or right. something like that. Um, but John loves all black, black stuff so during the season when i know i have a calendar of every team and player that's coming in and stuff like that so if i know john is coming in for example i'll start hoarding or you know piling up specific pieces for him in black so in his size so like things like that like I, jackson jackson hayes who's one of my closest closest guys on a, on a personal level is also a client and um you know, he's, he's seven foot, but he's super skinny. So mm. things fit him different. You know what I'm saying? Now he's building muscle. He's actually going into the NBA restart. He's gained like 12, 15 pounds of muscle, which is nice. amazing. But you know, that's also another thing. The young guys always end up going up a size because they're bulking sure. up. So the beginning they're skinny, <clears throat> whatever, like it, it, it changes. And, and also their style changes. The young guys want more hype stuff, whatever. And yeah, the older guys want a little bit of that too, but if you look at the, if you look at league fits, for example, my guy Ian runs, mm. um, which is with Slam, you see a huge range. If you look at a young guy versus an older guy, the classy look versus the streetwear versus the height versus, so everyone's got their own look, but at the same time, their own look changes. So you'll see these rookies who are wearing all these hype stuff and crazy stuff develop into more nicer you know it depends on the person whatever they love you know some older guys that i know that i have that love like you know kid stuff like anything you know kith looney tunes collab kit you know what i'm saying like all the stuff like dragon ball z bape collab like Mm. they're into that because they grew up on that stuff like so everyone's different and and even if they're into stuff the limited edition stuff that things come out like certain players or certain people because i don't only work with athletes certain mm-hmm. people see someone else wearing it send me a picture be like i need this okay i bring it in for them or certain people see i need something like this but i don't want the same thing you know it could be any way you go about it but everyone is different for sure i mean even with me like compared to like even you two like you're on the podcast, but like, I'm sure your, your styles are completely well, different. That's what we were going to ask. We were going to ask you to get us stripped up and, uh, Jack what you would more suggest. You're wearing what a you college suggest? t-shirt. Bro, I'm repping the brand. I'm repping the Haynes brand. T-shirt? Shut up. Repping the brand is always good. Right. You know? Sal's repping the marketing brand. Marketing on top of marketing. Exactly. So you always got to plug your always, spot. You always know? plug. So yeah. with the restart, this is actually really interesting because normally you, if you're going into the playoffs, this is prime time for your guys walking through that tunnel, social, et cetera. It still will be prime time, but they made some announcements. Maybe you got to wear your uniforms. They might have run back on that. But it, I get the feeling that they won't have your typical – 20 cameramen picking up what these guys are walking into the arena for. But I know you're still working on stuff. And how are you pivoting like every single business is during this time? Okay. So a, yes, the camera situation, I don't know. Right. I don't work for the NBA. I don't know what they're going to have. I would assume they have some set up automatic cameras, you know, that are constantly taking as a, maybe they have one or two guys. I don't know. However that happens, it's irrelevant to me, but it does matter to me if they, 
you know, change this policy. So they put out the policy that they're going to show up in uniform. Um, <laughs> a couple players voiced opinion. I know PJ Tucker did um, whatever, but most of PJ Tucker, I just saw a tweet. He brought 91 pairs of shoes down to the Orlando yeah. PJ. Yeah. So that's the other thing I was going to say beyond the camera people, they didn't bring it. You know, some people brought a lot, but most people didn't, they didn't bring the same amount right. of clothes, even though they're right. going for a long time. They, they didn't bring enough where, they could they could wear a different outfit every time every they're seen. Day. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. think about how much that is. How much clothes are usually they're traveling, they take for their road trip. I plan for each game. And and then they come home and we redo it or they have their home game set like from their closet. So there's people that I'm shipping to. I mean in general during quarantine business was up because a lot of my guys are if they're bored, they still sure. want to spend money. They want to <laughs> yeah. buy stuff. They're still looking towards the next stuff, whatever. Um, things are still coming out. So if they're coming out, they want it. Um, but now they're in Orlando. So I'm, uh, it's definitely a little slower in terms of like shipping them. But right before Orlando, I was like shipping out tons of stuff because they didn't know. They thought they'd be wearing stuff. Right. Um, but definitely, I think the younger guys, you'll see way more casual, even if they do allow it. Um, because I think just people are going to be more focused on the basketball end of it. You know, it's like they're there having fun. It's like kind of like an AAU environment, right? Mm-hmm. They're stuck, but except extended period of time. Um, I saw an interview today with Kemba Walker, and it's like the first time that like he walked by LeBron. That. It's like w- w- LeBron is alone. He's like that's probably the first time LeBron walked alone since he was in ninth grade. Right. Like, no one no one's going up to him like attacking him because no one's there. They're going on ride on the on the on the rides at the park, at the theme park, and they're doing all that stuff. Um at the same time, it's it, it I think I think this is like one of the like most epic things yeah. in the fact that like they're never gonna have this again. Sixty sure. days, like they're gonna they're gonna come out with new people that they're close with. You know what I'm saying? Like in any new people they hate whether it's the <laughs> nba or any any per, like any situation where people are in a in a bubble like that you're gonna there's good that comes out of it if you have things to do if you don't have to be stuck in your room you know right so yes yeah. it's a sacrifice you know to go away from your family to not be home there's a million different things you can name that are negative you know but in the bigger picture you're you're playing the sport you love you're getting paid to do it and and people are able to use their platform to, you know, expand all the things that have been going on in the past few weeks in the country, you know? So yeah. it doesn't have to die there and they can continue to, to talk about it. Love so it. what does the future of Fly Solo Consulting and Dan Solomon look like in, in, in your perfect world? So, I mean, my, my, my goal since I was like a kid was to have my own brand, but not just one brand, like, like you'll see like over the years, I'll probably have multiple brands, but right now I'm, I'm going to, I want to blow this thing up. I've gotten amazing feedback with bad section. Um, so obviously I'm staying steady with the stuff I'm doing, growing my clientele, um, which I do by staying with, I start with high school kids. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. in contact with high school kids, college kids. When right before COVID hit, I was telling Jack as well, like my schedule was insane. I was like the, the crazy it's ever been. And like, I go to colleges to meet these kids before. So if I'm co- in contact with a guy for over a year in high school, they go to college and I know they're going to be a one, one and done. I'm going to go see them and play in college, spend time with them, whatever, mm-hmm. just be, just to create that relationship. And also, you know, like show love, like, cause it's not like, for me, it's like, I'm trying to build a relationship. It's, it's more than the clothes. So 
you know, right before I went to, right before COVID, I went to Indiana. I went to U of A. I was with Josh Green, Nico Mannion, Zeke Naji. Uh, mm-hmm. Josh Green's like one of my close guys. Um, so I prepare for the next draft, right? And everything's fucked up now because the schedule is fucked up. So like, for example, right now, summer league would just be ending, right? So right. the past mm-hmm. two weeks, I would have been in summer. I would have been in Vegas, which I would have been doing. Draft would have happened before that, and the schedule goes on, you know, NBA rookie transition in New Jersey and everything. So you never know what's going to happen, where they're going to be, what they're going to do. So in terms of the players, I'm just trying to keep building that up, styling more players, because I started with just the shopping. So styling more players, right? So, like, mm-hmm. actually getting my artistic part of it out with that. Um, and continue to grow every other part of my business, more marketing deals, build, build this. I mean, for me, it's like, yo, even these cards thing, I was into cards when I was younger, mm-hmm. but if you, if you, you're, you're, you're stupid to not go into cards right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like you have to understand me as like, it's way bigger than just the fashion and sports. It's the entrepreneurial like thought process is that like, why would you miss out on an opportunity in some area? And I'm not talking about a fad where like, okay, Bitcoin spiked for like that certain amount of points. You know, it, even though people made a lot of money in Bitcoin, you know, what I'm talking about marijuana stocks in the beginning of the summer, you know, last summer were huge, like just all hype stuff um, in the moment type stuff. You know, you see a stock get really hype, go up and crash. So for me, it's like you have to find viable options to invest in and like for the future as well. So I'm in sports cards, like I, I had stuff from so long ago like i had lebron rookie cards that i was pulling so for me not to take that and be like okay i need to you know build on this be especially right now where it's booming but it's early right and the nba is about to restart so anything i'm buying cheap right now those players go off i'm in early right Right. so it's like and jack gino jackson into cards i don't know about you abe but Mm -hmm. like all these things is like, when, that's how I looked at it with sneakers in the beginning is like, yeah, I love sneakers. I love cards, but like, I'm it would, like, why would I not take advantage of what's in front of me and the knowledge I have? Right. So it's like, I'm, I'll go, like, I'm going to have more businesses within my business, but I'm focused on building my main two businesses to be as big as possible. So it's proof of concept. Right. Mm-hmm. And when, once I do that, you know, you could, have, you know, if you look at the most successful people in the world, they've had so many companies, they've had a lot of companies that failed. Luckily, I haven't had anything that failed yet. But I'm three years out of college. Like, I, right. like I'm looking like, you know, for example, like on in terms of like scaling, right? Leon Rose, mm-hmm. arguably one of the most powerful super agents in the NBA before he got the job we'll get to that what he's doing now it was in CAA um his daughter's close friend their close family friend I've known them forever um and he had the craziest clientele I mean if you look at his list he had they, number one Iverson, LeBron everyone but everyone go, in Kentucky. Go, go to even more current I'm talking Devin Booker Carl Anthony Towns yeah. Joel Embiid I mean the list goes on for days Carmelo Anthony Chris Paul it, it just doesn't end is, and it's top guys, all top guys. So the, when I went to Philly and I was with your boy, boy Swole, Abe, mm-hmm. um, we went to go see OG for a Raptors game in Philly. And after the game, Leon was there because they're from that area. And so he would always be at Philly games, not only because he's there, but because, you know, Joel's on the team. He has players that come 
in on the Raptors at the time, Valachunas mm-hmm. was on the team. So I'm waiting for OG to come out of the tunnel after the game. And, and Leon uh, pulled me aside in the tunnel and he was like asking me about what I was doing. And I was just starting with the clothes and stuff. And he was like, you know, why haven't you, why haven't you asked me, you know, to connect with some guys? I was like, listen, like, I want to, I want to earn that. And I want to be ready for when, you know, like I want to be ready and prepared and like at that stage for those levels of, of players. Right. It's like, you need to have, like, I was so early on. I was like, that's what I'm saying. Like, even, even people who have connections, like you need to use them wisely. The like process. So it's a process. Out. Like it's in front of you. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean you need to go and rush into it if you're not ready. So like, I wasn't ready to have any of those guys. Okay. And except maybe a couple of rookies that like I, I was introduced to that, I had already met, right? So, like, the next couple of years, I built up clients that were his clients without him. And that and that's where I go to say, the inst- where I go back to the Instagram. It's like, you don't need that. Mm-hmm. Go do what you're going to do, and, and, and it will catch on eventually. Like, yes, you're going to have a million people tell you, like, you're not doing anything. Like, what the fuck is he doing? They're going to say, whatever. Who cares? Who cares what anyone says? A, mil- a million times over, I've heard in the past in you know two years ago three years ago what are you doing bro like you're just flipping. <laughs> what's speakers. it to you you're just yeah. flipping clothes and none of that shit phased me and if you let that shit phase you you'll never get to the point that you want to be so for me 100%. i'm tunnel vision even today like what i'm doing people will doubt you know people will comment on posts they could comment on a leak post or whatever say anything that's motivation like I, okay you don't like that fit great guess what you know like someone else will my client loved it he loved those clothes he looked good and a lot of other people thought he looked good and the most important thing is the client being happy not what the public looks at you so there's so many things like for me i don't care what you say about me or what you think based off my instagram it's funny you go on my instagram and oh he only knows you know i post guys because this is like a personal thing like I've gotten to a level where even Jack was like, yo, you need to start like posting. It's like, yeah, like I've gotten to that point where now I can, I can, I have the base and I can, you know, make that, that boom with the social media. But at the end of the day, that's not what was important in the beginning, you know, is like building the real relationships. So when you get to that point, it's like, yo, everyone knows you're who you are and that your, your business is good. Like you do good business your word is good. Like you're trustworthy. Um, I mean, yo, you go back to, to the whole thing that just went on with the country and black lives matter and, and everything like that. I mean, I have clients that what other people are doing, you know, like there are people who were doing similar things to me on a big level and had those guys and people would say, why wouldn't they just go to that? Why? Because of my personality. Like I'm, I'm, give i make sure that they are taken care of like if you talk to any of my clients okay i go out of my way to take care of them on another level it's beyond the clothes we keep i keep saying it's beyond the clothes it's like yo i'm helping jackson's moving into a house right now i'm helping him get things you know getting mattresses and stuff like that getting him deals getting him all that stuff like it's it's and it and some things i don't make money on when i'm close enough with a player it's not about making a profit or whatever it's literally about this is my i'm looking out for this guy to make sure he's taken care of in the best space and when these guys come young in the league 
you know, they are exposed to a lot of people that are looking to take advantage of them. And sure. my main thing being a little bit older than them, because Jackson ironically is five years younger than me yeah, to the day, young as hell. To, to the day, okay, <laughs> same birthday, same birthday. So they're four or five years younger than me. My clients three, four, five years younger. I mean, a couple, I have some clients that are older, but mm-hmm. majority I focus on the next generation superstars. So like, the draft class is coming up. The last two draft classes, whatever, they're young. You know, they're, you know, not all of them have parents that, you know, were either in the NBA, like Jaron Jackson or Jackson's dad was in the NFL, you know? So my main thing is making sure that they don't deal with any people in my space of clothes, kicks, whatever, that they're going to scam them or they're going to charge them more. or they're gonna. So I always am just looking out and making sure I'm through that business grows you know and it just has to stay organic that's all it is like yeah, right. yeah it's absolutely true well i mean I, I love it i love what you're working on um and shout out bad section one more time before we let you go for sure bro i mean yo crazy because before covid i was supposed to go to new orleans sit uh, a courtside seat center court for rj zion matchup which if you look back on 20 years from now, think about that game. Yeah. Crazy. And, and I was bringing clothes for, for Zion for the first time, which we will link up eventually through Jack's stuff. But everything since COVID, but the main thing is adapting. So there's so yeah. many different, you know, you know how many people, 30 people became billionaires during, during the pandemic. Think about that. That's nuts. That so, is nuts. I'm unfortunately not one of them. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Not so, yet. And before I go, I have to show you a card I just pulled, by the way. All right. All right. Say it. I just got one card back from from Beckett and one card I just pulled that I'm going to show you, right? So I just got this back. The Braun. Okay. Rated a nine and a half. Nice. At a four nine. This is rook, rookie card. And then yesterday... I unboxed and I pulled a nice little Luca guy. Okay. So we're talking, about the, fu- we're talking about the future. That's a hold. That's a hold. Investment right there. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Love it. All right, brother. Yeah, well, th- we appreciate the on, time. Guys. Yeah. What's your IG? Just shout it out. D Solo 23. Hit him with the follow, Snapchat. Yeah, we're trying, we're trying to get him some more because I was teaching Solo how you need, now that you have that, use that. Yeah, I mean, I stayed under content. the radar. I was a low, I'm a very low key, like, yeah. you know, homebody, like, only close friends, like, right. don't brush right. that out. But when it gets to a point, you have to it's business. You got to build. Start yes, going yeah. out there. So that's the one thing that I, that's honestly a main thing that I've learned from Jack in in the months of knowing Jack is him <laughs> him saying that exactly. Love but it, Abe, Jack, thank you for having me on. Any fashion thing you guys want to watch? Snapback followers, hit me on IG. DM me, I'll get back to you. Um, and that's it. Stay safe, brother. You too, bro. Appreciate you taking the time. Take it easy. Snapback fam, we hope you enjoyed that interview with Dan Solomon. Make sure to hit subscribe and follow, and we will talk to you on Thursday.
Hold on, we're going home. 